Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Wow, great to have you with us today. Welcome to all those online that are, that are with us today in their warm lounge room having a hot coffee and some bacon and eggs. We bless you today. Uh, great to have you with us, guys. And, um, well, you know, we're in, a, we're in a good season. It's time to grow, amen? Time to grow. That's the word on us this year. Uh, you know, we're going to grow. Grow in God. Not grow in knowledge alone, right? Growing in knowledge is good. But if we don't apply the knowledge, then what good is it? Amen? We're going to grow as believers. We're going to grow as people of faith, people that have a strength to, to go through every storm, every situation, and come out winning because of him, not because of our brilliance, but because of Jesus Christ. And uh, so grab a hold of that today. We've been looking at Ezekiel 47, and, um, you know, God has been taking us on a journey really over the last two years. Um, but uh, too close, yeah, uh, it's a blur. Um, and uh, God has been speaking to us and challenging each one of us as individuals and collectively as a church to grow. And um, before you can grow, though, you've, you've got to position yourself. You've got to position yourself for growth. You know, if you build a house before you Get the house, you've got to get the finance, you've got to get all the materials, you've got to get it all lined up, um, and you've got to build it. If you, you, know, you bring a baby home from the hospital, you've got to prepare the room, you know, so that the baby comes in and the room's prepared. And, of course, uh, before God brings revival, he's going to prepare his church. He's going to prepare his people so that we can handle it. Because one thing I've learned about God is he hates waste. He hates where every life is valuable. No one should be wasted. Every life is valuable. And um, that's why it's so important that, that we see what God is doing right now and prepare our lives, prepare our lives for the harvest to come. And, and I, I want you to get this today. You know, you are, you are right in the center of that where you sit right now. It's not like, oh, you know, the leadership of the church. It's not like, you know, highway as an entity, whatever. No, it's every individual believer that positions themselves now will see that harvest, will see that revival come. And that's exciting. You know, don't just sit back and say, oh, yeah, they got it, good. Yeah. No, no, no. We're all in this together. And we're all going to grow together. And, uh, you know, I... Um, the goal for growth is to, you know, to get into that river as soon as possible. You know, I made a comment the other week about in Ezekiel 47, verse 3 to 5, where it talks about the journey, you know, the, the trickle from underneath the threshold, from the altar under the threshold, you know, and uh, ankle deep and then knee deep and then waist deep and then 100%, you know, Ezekiel was swimming in the river that was flowing from the temple of God. And I made this um, statement the other week that it never happened at ankle deep. 
the abundance, the fruit, the fullness of what the river of God, the flow of God produced, never happened at ankle deep, never happened at knee deep, never happened at waist deep. He dived in 100% and reached the fullness of that. And as I looked at those four steps of, of the river, I was reminded about the parable of the sower. You know the parable that Jesus taught in Matthew 13, verse 3 to 9? Let's, let's read that this morning. Matthew 13, verse 3 to 9, it says, Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he scattered the seed, some fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up, and, but quickly became... Uh, it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came out, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a harvest, a crop, a hundred, sixty and thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let him hear. We see here the four conditions of the soil. But only one was able to produce a harvest. I want you to listen to me this morning. Only one was able to produce a harvest because only one was prepared to receive the seed. Only one soil was prepared to receive the seed. Do you see it? See, the heart that sees it, the heart that sees what God is about to do, the heart that prepares for what God is about to do, receives the seed, receives the harvest. This is our time to grow in God. This is our time to prepare, and it will come down to the preparation of our heart, our heart before the Lord, to receive the revelation that he's bringing. And the harvest we will receive in our, in our lives will come down to the preparation of our hearts today. So let's have a look at this. Three things I, I, I see we have to understand out of this parable relating it to Ezekiel, you know, 47. The first one is you've got to be all in. You've got to be all in. Verse 21 in, that, in, this, uh, in Matthew 13 it says, but since they had no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. We look at this parable, we see that, you know, the, the, the seed falling upon the, the path in verse 19 is obvious. It's never going to take any root on hard ground. But next we see here in verse 21 that the people actually received the word for a moment. They did receive it. They, they heard it and they did receive it and they were excited about it. They were excited about what they discovered. Maybe, maybe in a moment of trial, maybe in a moment of, of pressure and in, you know, in a hopeless situation, they see, they heard, they received the word and it was like a momentary, wow, that's brilliant. That's exactly what I need. That's exactly what I needed to hear. That's exactly what I need to do. 
for that moment. But then, you know, life, life goes on and there's no harvest. The Word of God is so powerful when you receive it. I mean, it will do that. You will, you will catch a revelation today and go, wow, that's exactly what I needed. He's reading my mail. I've had people say that to me. Now, you're reading my mail. I'm not actually. But the seed has been cast. I'm sowing seed today. You could call it Band-Aid religion. You know, it's a quick fix for a moment. It's a quick fix for a season, but it has no depth. You know, Pastor Caleb spoke the other night uh, about uh, Matthew 13, 44. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. Then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. It was all in. He knew the treasure was there. He knew the value was there. And he said, that's it, man, I'm in. I'm selling everything. I'm going to buy that field. I know there's treasure there. And, you know, you receive a revelation from God. You receive something of the seed of the word in your heart today. And, and, you know, there's a potential harvest and wholeness and fullness of life, you know, to be your story. You've got to go, no, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm, I'm in 100%. And, you know, I've, I've watched people for decades, people who have received the word, people who have received it. They, they find God to be real. They find God to be wonderful. I've literally seen their face change. I've seen tension and pressure lift. They look 10 years younger. But then, you know, they disappear. They disappear. And maybe, maybe, Maybe 10 years down the track, they turn up a lot worse than they were the first time because it didn't take root. It didn't take root. It was just a moment. Never went any deeper than that. You can't just put your toe in the water to test the temperature. Amen? Amen? This is a river we're talking about. This is the river of life. We're banks of abundance. You've got to be all in. You've got to be all in to receive that. The transformation begins. The best life that you'll ever have is in the river. Another thing we need to understand is you've got to be word focused. You've got to be word focused. Look at verse 22 in this passage. It said, The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. You see, once you make that decision, that revelation, and you, you know, I'm going to be all in, I'm going for this, Jesus must become the central focus. He must become the central focus because when you catch the revelation of that, Christian life becomes really easy. It becomes really easy. It's not hard, folks. 
to follow Jesus, to apply the, the teachings of Jesus, to allow them to work through your life, to be fruitful through your life, it's not hard. It's so easy. Because it becomes about him and not about me. See, it's only when, it's only when it becomes about me it becomes complicated. It's only when it becomes about me that I get discouraged. I get disappointed. I have unfulfilled expectations because I thought and, you know, I, I was hoping and, and I... But if I just focus on what Jesus says, if I just apply what Jesus says to my life, I win every time. It's not hard. Because it's not about me. It's about him. You can't lose. But it boils down to this. It boils down to trust. Where we place our trust, who we trust in. The word of God or my own understanding. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, <coughs> the Word of God is going to be contrary to some of your understanding. It's going to be contrary to what you think is true. I was sharing the Word of God with a young guy one day, and I was, I was telling him what, what, what the Bible's and his, uh, Bible says, and he said, yeah, but I don't believe that. I said, I, I don't believe that. End of conversation. Where do you go with that? We're talking the word of God, absolute truth and wisdom. But you don't believe it? Okay. <laughs> no harvest there. Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6 tells us, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. It's that simple. It's not confusing. And I can tell you right now, you can trust the word of God for your life. You can trust the word of God for your life, and it, it will turn out well. But you cannot trust your own flesh. If you think you can trust your own flesh, you're deceived. Because our flesh is not trustworthy. Why? Because our flesh only sees one thing, me. And the world doesn't revolve around me, which will be a shock to many, I guess. <laughs> Certainly Anne would be surprised, honey, wouldn't you, if it wasn't me? Because she says, Byron, your world doesn't revolve around you. She said that before. I didn't quite understand it. <laughs> you know, in my life, see, I, I have poor eyesight. I remember my 40th birthday, the optometrist rang up and said, your glasses are ready. I didn't even know I needed them. <laughs> but I've been wearing them ever since, right? So I've got, I've got poor eyesight and uh, I wear hearing aids because I'm as deaf as a post, and if I look at you smiling, <laughs> cut me some slack, all right? 
If I have to repeat three versions of your name once after you told me, you get it. So I'm, I don't see real well and I, I'm, I'm deaf and I have no taste. Right? I have no taste. Everything's like cardboard to me. I had a cancer journey and radiation killed all of my taste, right? So I have no taste, which I always tell people is good news for Anne because she hasn't cooked a bad meal in 15 years. (laughs) So how was it? Terrific. I don't know. (laughs) So I have no taste. And I go into this conversation one day and, and, uh, you know, it was like somebody said, um, if you could have one miracle. Like if, if God could give you one healing, would it be your eyes, would it be your ears, or would it be your taste? And immediately I said, my ears, my hearing. If I could have my hearing back, that would be, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be done for the rest of my life. I'd be good with that. And they were shocked because they're thinking, no, well, they were expecting me to say taste, right? Because they can't imagine a world without flavour. I mean, you're thinking that right now. Like imagine sitting down to a mud crab if you're a seafood lover like I used to be, and, I don't know, a pasta, and they taste the same, right? So it's Blansville, Tennessee, right? It's horrible. But he said, why, why wouldn't you have your taste back? If that were, why wouldn't you have that? I said, because I don't trust my flesh. You see, on my cancer journey, and that I lost 23 kilos through the, the, the chemotherapy and the radiation, I lost 23 kilos. And I'm telling you, if I had my taste, I would have got that back a long time ago, plus interest. <laughs> I would be a fair little butterball today, let me tell you. <laughs> Why? Because I don't trust my flesh. It lies to me. He, it's not okay to eat a pack of Tim Tams at once. But my flesh said it's all right. No, you can't trust the flesh. Losing my taste was a blessing. It was an absolute blessing. I thank God for it. I thank God for it. Because I can't trust my flesh. And you've got to understand To have a Jesus focus, you've got to align your life with his word because he is the word. He is the word. The only reason we don't obey the word is because we don't trust it. We say we do because that's what Christians say, but if we really trust it, we'd, we'd apply it. Not hard. It's very simple, very simple. Obey the word and and the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth won't destroy you. So that's good news, isn't it? All in, word focus, and number three, live a full life. Live a full life. If you look at verse 23 in this passage of Scripture, it says, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 and 30 times what was sown. This is the life on the banks of the river that Ezekiel was talking about. This is the life all in, all in, 100%, submitting our heart to God. 
living in that abundance that that produces. It's a promise of God for all those who prepare their heart and believe in him. Jesus promises in John 10.10, you know it. I, I have come that you will have life and have it to the full. Folks, that's a promise. That's a promise. And you say, well, you know, I'm not living my life to the full. Well, then start today. Of course, it's there. Calvary paid the price. It's there. I've just got to obey the word and see the harvest that that produces. This life that yields 160, 30 times what was sown. And the key to this verse is in the one who hears the word and understands it. Understands it. Gospel of Mark says, hears the word and receives it. Gospel of Luke says, hears the word and retains it. The one phrase you don't hear is hear the word and debate it. Do you remember what Mary said to the servants at the wedding of Cana? John chapter 2, verse 5, she said, do whatever he tells you. It's that simple, folks. Some versions say, whatever he tells you to do, do it. It's, it's, it's that simple. It's not hard. It's not complicated. The one thing that Jesus did was make it so simple. Man likes it complicated. Because then it becomes an elevated position for those who can understand the complication. I can understand the complication. You can't. And Jesus said, no, I, I want everybody. I want everyone to make this so simple. So simple for all of us. Just do it. Love God, love your neighbour as yourself. It's very simple. Very simple. You know, I have, I have people tell me that, you know, that they want to go deeper in the Word and all that sort of stuff, and I commend that. I commend studying the Word of God. That, that is awesome. But I've got to ask the question. We can go deeper in the Word. We can study the Word. But are we applying what we already know? Because if we're not applying what we already know, then it's just knowledge. It's not going to do anyone any good, not even you. Because the deception is you know it. But when we stand before the Lord on that day, He won't be saying, hey, how much do you know? He'll be saying, did, you, did, you, did your life become more like me? Were you kinder? Were you generous? Did you care for others? Did you make a difference in your world? We are the catalyst for transformation in someone else's life. That's the currency of heaven. That's the currency of heaven. You want a great marriage? The Bible says, love the husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church. He died for the church. You get a husband who loves his wife that much, he'd take a bullet for her. He's a keeper. He's a keeper. The Bible says, wives, uh, honour your, uh, your husbands, uh, respect them um, as, as you would unto the Lord. Not as a Lord. 
clarify, as you would the Lord, right? Same spirit, same heart. She's a keeper. What marriage won't last where you've got love and respect and honour as the central focus of the relationship? It's got to win. It's got to win. You notice, uh, I mean, the word doesn't say, you know, it, it doesn't say um, to love your wife if she. Or to honour and respect your husband if he. No, it doesn't say that. There's no conditions on it. It's just obey the word. As we say in this church all the time, you can have what you want. you just got to build it. And you've got everything you need to build. Everything you need. you just got to apply it. you just got to do it. Amen? Because the truth is, what you do in this life affects the next. Can't earn salvation. Jesus has, has paid the price. But eternity is real. For every person, eternity is real. Now, I was thinking about the disciples the other day. And uh, I read through a whole thing about how they were all martyred for the faith, right? So you've got to be thinking, these guys, these guys were absolute. I mean, Peter was crucified upside down. I mean, crucified. Uh, Paul... Paul, even though he wasn't one of the original apostles, you know, he, he wrote half the, the, the New Testament. I mean, Paul was beheaded by Nero in, I think, AD 65 or something because of the gospel. Thomas was speared to death in, in India, uh, in uh, Madras, or as they call it, Chennai now. I've been there. I've been to Mount St. Thomas where he was martyred. And I went through the whole list of the, the, the apostles that were there, and some, I think, a lot of the history is not exact, but, you know, they, they think one guy was sawn in half and many were crucified on an X, not on a cross, because they, they wouldn't dare be crucified the same way as their Saviour. And you're thinking about that and you're thinking, how can these guys, like, what are they thinking? And then I read at the end of the Gospels, just the other night, I read at the end, 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 the end of the Gospels that... Um, at the ascension of Jesus, when Jesus appeared to, you know, hundreds of people after the resurrection, but he was with the disciples and a crowd and he's standing there and he ascends into heaven. You've seen those glass elevators in a hotel, you know, where the person stands there and he goes, you know, it was just like that. And the disciples are there and they're watching this ascension into heaven. And I reckon the penny dropped right there. Right there. Eternity was awakened in their heart right there. So much so that they were prepared to die for the gospel. Why? Because this earth ain't that important when you know what's there. Amen. We don't hear about it a lot. You won't hear it at, at, you know, in government or parliament. You hear it here. Because it's the gospel message. And you know, I thought about I thought about Judas. I thought about Judas, and Judas was the money guy. He was he was the guy in the group that held the purse, right? 
he was the guy that you know gave the money out to buy the fish and the bread and the loaves and you know all that. Like he was the he was the the treasurer in the group. He loved money, Judas, and he and he got a bit disillusioned and he sold Jesus out for thirty pieces of silver, which I don't know how much that that would be today. Maybe winning lotto, something like that. I don't know. But thirty pieces of silver, right? He's the money guy. Money's his thing. He sold out Jesus for the money. But then when he saw Jesus on the cross, an eternity was awakened on the inside of him. The money guy, first thing he did was try and give it back. Try and give it back to him. He took it back to the priest and said, here, take this money. I don't want this money. Money guys don't do that, folks. All of his betrayal was about the money. No, take it back, take it back, take it back. And they wouldn't. And they wouldn't. And that the revelation of eternity, and he knew he blew it. He betrayed the Son of God. He betrayed the giver of salvation, and, and, and he, he, he committed suicide straight after that. See, when eternity becomes real in your life, when, when eternity is awakened in your life, all of a sudden you see things in perspective. You see things, and this world is not so important anymore. It's not so important anymore. And I would hate one day to get there and realize I blew it. I blew it. I had an opportunity to say yes. I had an opportunity to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. And now, in the blink of an eye, the Bible says, I'm standing before the Creator of heaven and earth. And I blew it. I blew it. I don't want that for you. I don't want that. If you're sitting here today and you've never said yes to Jesus, I don't want that for you. You need to have eternity awakened in your heart. You need to say yes to Jesus today. Now, you know I'm talking to you. You know I'm talking to you because you're feeling it in here. You're not comfortable right now. You enjoyed the worship. You enjoyed the music. Had a bit of a chuckle in the sermon. That was cool. You love that. But right now, you're not feeling so comfortable because you've got to say yes. This is your opportunity. None of us have a, a guarantee on tomorrow. This could be your opportunity to say yes and find out what eternity is really all about. And I want that for you. The majority of the people in this room want that for you. So I'm going to ask you to do this right now. I'm going to ask you to put your hand up in a minute and then I'm going to, I'm going to clap my hand like that and I'm going to say now because it's got to be a decision. It's got to be something you go, yep, I'm in. It's got to be yes. Yes, it can't be, oh, gee, I don't know. That's, that's the seed that fell amongst, you know, the got no root, got no, and it died. No, I want to see yes. You know in your heart right now. Don't be dishonest with yourself. You know it's your time. Where are you? Put your hand up right now and say yes. Yes, right now. Where are you? Over here. Thank you. Yep, I see that. Over here. One, come on, there's more. Up the back there too. Come on, three. Thank you. Come on, don't, it just... 
there's more. I know it. I feel it. I know this in the Spirit of God. Where are you? Come on, don't, don't miss this opportunity. Where are you? Come on. There's more than that. Oh, God, the back there. Thank you. Come on. There's got to be more. There's got to be more. Come on. Where are you today? Where are you? Say yes. Don't get there and go, you know, I blew it. I had an opportunity. I didn't do it. I was afraid of the people. I was afraid of people looking at me. I was, I was embarrassed. I didn't want to say, no, where are you? Come on. You've got to be bigger than that. Jesus said, you acknowledge me before men. I will acknowledge you before the Father. And trust me, folks, you want that. You want that. Where are you? Come on. Last time I'm going to ask, it's you right now. What about over here? Somebody? Hand straight up and I'll say, say yes and I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Come on, as I come across the room. Last time, say yes. Put it straight up. Come on. Don't miss this. Where are you? Are there others? Okay. But what I want to do, I want to pray for you guys. So what I'll do, I'll ask, um, I'll ask those uh, who said yes, who raised their hand. And you know what? Even if you didn't, you come as well. But if you would, why don't we all stand? Why don't we all stand? And if you would leave your seat, grab a friend, grab somebody with you, come down. I just want to pray for you. Come on, give them a round of applause. Now leave their seats, bring them down. Mum, Dad, if you're with the kids, come on down. Come on, bring them down, bring them down. Leave your seat, come on down with me now. I want to pray for you right now. We're going to give you a Bible. We're going to look after you. We're going to give you a start on a brand new journey that you can have. Come on, the young fella there. Come on. Young lady here, this young lady here. Come on. Oh, somebody else. There's some over here. Where are you? Come on, you come. You come. Don't miss this. I won't keep you long. Thanks, folks. Thanks. We're going to pray a prayer together. Is that all right? I guess you just to repeat it after me. And then, um, and then Pastor Steve, really, really good-looking young bloke there, Steve, Pastor Steve, he will, he will take you and, and just get you a Bible, get you whatever you need, pray with you again, and, uh, and start you on the journey of discovering eternity for real for you right now. Are you ready? Just repeat this after me. We, we, we can all say this together. Amen. Heavenly Father, I come before you now. I say yes. To eternity, I, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Oh, come on, give me an applause. If you would go with Pastor Steve, yeah, come on. If you just go with Pastor Steve, mate, come on through. Just go with Pastor Steve, follow him five minutes, and you'll be back in the service. Okay, all right, you may take your seats just for a minute. Have I gone over time? I spoke a few weeks ago <clears throat> I spoke a few weeks ago about the persecution in India and um, who was here for that meeting do you remember that but we've got some other news as well that has rattled us a little bit I've got to be honest but one of our homes in India has had to shut down. Um, there's been a lot of um, persecution. We've, 
I won't say the home on air because you know, I don't know where it all goes, but you know our home, our girls' home over there, that we've been there 18 years with that home. And because of the, the government interference and the persecution on it, um, our staff and that were actually um, not in a good place. And so we've had to close the home. We'll close at the end of the month, and we've got we've got sponsors that sponsor children there, and and uh, Stevie will will contact every sponsor, and and um, you know we've got other avenues where we can redirect that uh, because we're not we're not going to be stopped, folks. We're not going to be stopped. We have transformed over 18 years. We have seen girls who would have been sold grown up and, and they're, they're engineers and they're nurses and one is a one is a doctor. I showed you that video, you know, a few weeks ago before I left for India and um, she's the first tribal girl to ever become a doctor. MD gynecology she calls it. I don't know exactly what that is, but a doctor. And and now that door's been shut on us. But we won't be shut down. We've got other avenues. We've got post and, and uh, pre and postnatal um, ministries that care for, for babies in poor villages that the infant mortality rate is so high. Um, but since we moved in with the pastor over there, with a, he calls it Axe Ministry, uh, there's an ambulance and everything. These, these kids are growing healthy and the mums are surviving as well. Uh, there's feeding centres that we have over there. Uh, another friend of ours that we've known a long time, he's got probably, uh, I think he's got about 20 feeding centres that have 100 kids in them. And these, and these kids are, 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 are Hindu, Muslim, Christian, doesn't matter. They get fed every afternoon, they get a meal and they get an extra hour of tuition because education is the only way out of poverty. So there's 2,000 kids every week get fed in that ministry that we're connected with as well. So, so there's plenty of avenues where we can, you know, redirect because we won't be shut down. And uh, they can persecute all they like, but we're not giving up. Now, as I said a couple of weeks ago, we need to buy a block of land. We're partnering with a ministry there that they'll build it. They'll, they'll get the loan and build the, the building on it but they need us to get the land um, so that, the, you know, the bank will give them the money. For the, so it's a partnership. It's not a free lunch. We're just launching it. So, and, it's, and it'll be a place, a residence for pioneer pastors that have been persecuted. And we're connected with over 300 pioneer pastors, with over 300 right throughout the area that, that we've been going. I've been going since 1985. I know this place. I know these people, I know these pastors. Many are beaten, many of their churches are burned. They go back next week, they go back next week. They preach the gospel, they preach the gospel. But we need a place that where they can have restoration as well. And uh, so we wanna do that, the land's gonna cost 30,000. Who wouldn't buy a block of dirt for 30,000? I mean, that's cheap for us, but for them, it's. It, it's insurmountable, it won't go any further. So on the 18th of June, I want you to pray. I want you to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, how can I make a difference? 
let let the Lord put a put a a value on your heart. And on the 18th of June, we're going to come. We're going to lay it down, or you can put it online. Pastor Steve's not here, but even on our giving, make it, title it. What do we title it? Somebody help me. Sorry. Oh, it's 11th of June. Okay, 11th of June. So you're going to have to pray faster. I've just cut a week off your time slot, right? So pray harder. Um, and look, there's, look, there's, invita- uh, there's um, giving envelopes on your seat. Just write on that persecution. Um, or online, write on it persecution, and we'll know that that money goes straight to that block of land. I love it that we're partnering. Third world countries like you to give them everything. It's a bit of a, you know, cargo cult mentality, but not these guys. These guys are the real deal, and um, we will we will help them launch it. But then they will they will do the heavy lifting. So um, I don't often bring you these things. As I said, I go to India twice a year. I come back with a list. Believe me, there's so many. People want you to pray about this need and that need and this need. And I don't, I don't bring those to you because, you know, we take care of what we can as a church. But, but this one, I need you to partner with us. This one, I need you to go with us. And, um, and uh, you know, we can do this. Uh, across our church of, I don't know how many people we got now, but 30 grand not much for each individual, but... Um, collectively, we can we can make it. All right, Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks, Pastor. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.